Welcome to The Inner Athlete. This is episode number nine, approaching episode number 10, which is awesome. And if last week left you a little bit sad and emotional, because it did for me, was super vulnerable, super hard for me to put out there, super raw, unfiltered. And I honestly, like I mentioned in my post that I really wanted to re-record it and shorten this whole thing up. But I said, you know what, Cheryl, just put it out there. It might resonate with somebody. And for others, they'll turn it off when they get bored. <laughs> um, this one's going to be fun. I mean, transitioning from my biggest struggle into what became my biggest strength, uh, part of my life that brought a ton of opportunity and just experience that I am proud of and excited to have been uh, a part of in general, which is the sport of CrossFit. So, you know, at 35 years, I look back at the last 10 years of my life. Um, there's been a lot of sacrifice, a lot of struggle, but a ton of amazing experiences. So kind of pick it up where I left off, like diving right into CrossFit. Wow. Like I came in, the owner of the gym was like, this girl's got an engine. And, and back then, if you had an engine, you were fit. Like you know, you see the people on the CrossFit Games now lifting all the heavy weights, doing all that stuff. That was a piece of it. But back then it was like, if you could do thrusters and pull-ups fast, you were a, a CrossFit Games athlete. So think of your top competitor in the gym. And they were the one that was like, oh man, that's a Games athlete right there. So at that time, I, I went to my first competition that first year, three months into CrossFit. And this was before there was even the CrossFit Games open for those of you guys that are familiar with it. So maybe I should backtrack a little bit because I know not all of you guys are CrossFitters. So CrossFitter, it, CrossFit is a sport. Um, it's not just a training with methodology for uh, training. So if you listen to my episode on CrossFit, this is the sport side of it. So we compete to be the fittest on the world, fittest on earth. They call it fittest on earth. And, and basically there's different modalities. So we want to be able to run, bike, row, ski, you know, go up a mountain, also do things like uh, gymnastics, so like handstand push-ups, handstand walking, muscle-ups, pull-ups, toes-to-bar, and then mix that with Olympic lifting and powerlifting, so squatting, pressing, you know, deadlifting, along with snatching, clean, and jerk. And sometimes they're heavy and shorter reps, and sometimes they're light and lots of reps, and sometimes they're all mixed together. But at the end of the day, they try and blend as many different things and throw as many different things at us to see how well-rounded we are as an athlete. And it's hands down why I became so in love with it because it wasn't pigeonholing me into one specific thing. I wasn't just a runner. I wasn't just a lifter. I was a little bit of everything. And I, I love that. It, it always drove me. Um, so that's, that's what CrossFit is. And so that first competition I went to um, was before there was the CrossFit Open. So to qualify for the CrossFit Games, you would have to go through the Open. And then back then, it was, you would go to regionals. And then from regionals, you would go on to the games if you placed top three. So before that was the qualifying process, you basically paid $50 to um, participate in the sectionals, which was in Florida at that time, uh, just down, down the road in Palm Beach. Um, and if you were the top five there, you went on to regionals, which was, we were called the Dirty South region, which I believe was like Tennessee, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was those five states. And then from there, the top three would go on to the game. So it was a little bit different back then. 
But that was my first competition. We paid $50, entered me in, and three months into CrossFit, fresh out of <laughs> eating disorder treatment, I threw myself to the wolves and got my ass handed to me. But when I tell you that when I showed up there, I was so inspired by the physique and the skills and the strength of these women that I, there was no turning back for me. That was exactly what I wanted. I, I didn't want to be small anymore. I didn't want to burn myself into the ground. I full heartedly wanted to throw myself into this sport full speed ahead. And that's what I did. I, I also at that time started to, you know, at the gym, just cause I would be working out in class and stuff. It was hard for me not to want to correct people. It was hard for me not to want to, you know, help somebody with their air squat or, or try and fix a deadlift position. And so later on that year, I also got my level one. And so I started coaching CrossFit and, um, that was how it all started. You know, later on that year, I, um, moved over to CrossFit Fort Pierce where, um, other friends of mine were opening a gym, started coaching more, started working less and, uh, trained my butt off that year. And the following year was able to redeem myself and qualify for my first games appearance. And it was unbelievably exciting. Um, you know, if I can remember the way it felt and I can, that, that step that I took on that regional floor in 2011 was so impactful because the last workout that I did ended with a overhead walking lunge to the finish line. And I remember the J Mac who is our, who was our announcer at the time. He was saying something along the lines of, and here's Cheryl Nasso, Nasso walking across the finish line, punching her first ticket to the CrossFit games. And it just gave me goosebumps to say that because I never believed that my dream would come true and that I would someday be a professional athlete. And yet here I was walking with this heavy plate over my head after a weekend of hell, marching my way onto a professional sports field. And to this day, I still feel so empowered by that moment and that weekend. So, you know, I don't want to get too involved in the CrossFit athlete part of it, the actual games piece of it, because for me, what I want you guys to understand about qualifying for the CrossFit games and something that I learned after years of working with coaches and, and being an athlete was the CrossFit games were only one weekend out of the entire year. So what were we, what were we doing for the other, whatever, 360 days of the year, training our butts off, living the athlete life, doing everything we could to master all of these different modalities and be the best athlete we could be. So if I got so hung up in the celebration or the letdown of qualifying or not of the CrossFit games, I would miss out on all of the opportunities and the experiences I had the other 360 days of the year. So what did my life look like at that time? Well, originally I was working a full-time job and the more I fell in love with the CrossFit qualifying for the games is that I slowly started to see myself rushing out of work to get to the gym. And I tried to make it work as long as I could. 
until I realized I didn't want to make it work anymore. And I wanted to make it work to where I didn't have to work there and could work in CrossFit and train in CrossFit. So I slowly segued myself out of working in a professional, in a professional field and into working in the CrossFit field. And what I did for the first couple of years, um, some of you guys might be remembering this, is I had Cheryl's Paleo Eats. <laughs> so along with coaching at the gym, um, I was cooking for people. You know, I was very well known as kind of the nutrition guru. I At that time, I was full on in, invested in CrossFit. And um, this was around the time when Rob Wolf and the Paleo Diet and the Paleo Solution were big and the Zone Diet. So I really like just flooded my brain with tons of information on like, you know, food sensitivities and tolerances, the benefits of a paleo diet, eating very minimally processed foods and, and, and kind of like segued into being the nutrition guru in the CrossFit field or in the CrossFit field then. Um, but also, you know, just being able to do what I loved again, my passion, which was helping people and being fit. I, I, that's what I wanted to do. And I had found an avenue for it finally. And, and fortunately for me, you know, when I left that treatment center and they told me you should never go back to a gym again, it's not for you. I knew that wasn't me. I'm too freaking intense. That's just not who I am. So this was like perfect for me because now I had a purpose and I had an outlet that wasn't so much about being small. I had to eat. I had to feel my body. I had to be strong. And the cool thing about that was I was confident in it. And so it, it took all that pressure and that thought away and put it full heartedly into my performance and, and all that stuff. So what did my life look like transitioning from that? There's so many things, right? So, you know, kind of getting not too far ahead of myself is, you know, I had a lot of opportunities that came up. I spent some time in, in California. I spent some time working with Ben Bergeron up in CrossFit New England. Um, and hands down, if I can think about a time that I want to share the most about in my athletic career, it would probably be that part because the time I spent with that community, that coach and my, my athletes, my, my fellow competitors, I guess my friends was hands down the, the biggest change in my life ever. Because I finally had a coach and a mentor who like understood what it was like to make a person's life better and, and how to, how to teach a person how to live their best life and how to be the best and not just in an, in an athletic field, but in life and be a better coach, be a better athlete, be a better father, mother, sister, daughter, you know, whatever it is. and. And so working with him and being a part of that community is something that I will cherish forever. And here I am again, trying not to cry, but I'm an emotional person. So um, what did my life look like there? Jeez. Well, coaching some CrossFit classes. Um, you know, our, our schedules were not always changing, but we would kind of go through rotation. So I guess the the time I spent the most was coaching the 5:30 and 6:30 a.m. classes, which was really cool for me because Ben took the 6:30 class. So 
super scary, but also super insightful because I knew that he was going to be sizing me up every day <laughs> and not in a bad way, but in a way for me to be a better coach. So he would give me feedback and I felt so grateful for that, that I always had that. And so it was just a really cool time. So, you know, my life was really between coaching and, you know, doing some nutrition challenges, working with private clients, and then just training. And the training was just so awesome. And it wasn't just in the gym doing thrusters and pull-ups. It was, it was like, let's go to this place called Blue Hills and, you know, really test ourselves, not just physically, but like mentally. And, and that's the stuff that I know has helped me become a stronger person in other areas of my life. You know, the sacrifices and the things that we made and, and, and the amount of grit and fortitude it took to not just grind through a bunch of reps of a workout, but to, but to keep pushing when, when things got difficult and when we felt like we were failing and falling apart, you know, to, to be a team, you know, and, and I can, and I'm going to talk about this and, and I, and I do hope that Ben will listen to this because this is something that is, is hard for me to talk about, but, um, I'm also a very, I have a segue for this. I'm also very hard on myself. So I gave every bit of effort I could. And sometimes my mistakes were my mistakes and I had to own them, you know, but, um, I can remember speaking of mental toughness is this was a super hard day for me was, you know, we were, it was like right before one of the open seasons and the team, we were all getting together for a, a Saturday session, which were so amazing. And, um, it was a little, it was a little rainy and snowy outside, which if you're familiar from, but with Boston, you know how gross the weather can get. Um, and we were told to go for a walk and we had just finished training and the gym was closed. So if you know how CrossFit girls dress, we were in like sports bras and shorts. And so I can remember walking with one of my teammates and being like, God, it's so cold outside. Like the opens on Monday. Like, why are we, why are we walking outside in the cold? I don't want to get sick. And we walked back inside and Ben said, all right, go back outside, go for another walk. We're like what's going on? So went back outside, did it again. We were all kind of confused three or four times into doing this. We had no idea what was going on. We knew it was some kind of a, a test. It was something right. But never did we know like what was going on. And I remembered the final walk in. I don't remember how we started talking about it, but Ben had come up to me and he goes something along the lines of, do you know why we were, you know, walking and whatnot? And he said, you know, cause you know, you and one of the other teammates were complaining about the weather. And that sounds really freaking harsh, right? Like, when I tell you, I felt like such an asshole, like my teammates had to go out in the water in, the, in this horrible weather. And I felt like I was to blame. And so judgment, feeling like crap, all these things popped up and it was super hard for me, but it was also, I understood what he was getting at. And one of his things at CrossFit New England was complaint free. You know, if you can't change it, don't complain about it. Plain and simple. Like, and, and I agree because if we were sitting there complaining about the weather, it wasn't going to change the weather. And so 
looking back at that day, I remember how hard I was on myself and how I, I literally cried. I don't even know if he knows how much I cried that day, but I know why he was saying that to me. And so it's things like that, you know, not to be focusing so much on one thing, but the value is what I want to know that I got out of every piece of that being a better coach, you know, never being complacent in life was the one thing I know I took away from my time at CrossFit New England. And it's just, it's something that I don't really talk about a lot. I mean, I, I guess I haven't really talked about it a lot, but if my teammates knew how much every training session meant to me up there, I, to this day, have never felt the way I felt being up there. And the community of people, the, the, the members of the gym, every single one of them, I still, I still keep in contact with a lot of them. And it's just really cool to see a community so tight. So that was my CrossFit New England story in a nutshell, I guess. There's a lot more to it. Um, so, you know, lots of things happened up there, good, bad, and different, but all of them made me a better person today. And when I left CrossFit New England and I came back home to Florida, you know, I was, I was kind of lost, you know, I, I didn't really know what the heck to do with myself. You know, my dream job, at, you know, you know, there was a lot of other situations in my adult life during this time that kind of come up, but my dream job was to have a full-time job coaching CrossFit. I just wanted to be a CrossFit coach. I wanted to teach more people and it wasn't even the CrossFit piece of it. I just loved helping people. I loved seeing people move better. I loved seeing people, you know, celebrate PRs and, and successes and, and helping them with their nutrition and their diet and their life gets better. I remember a person who was an alcoholic and he told me, Cheryl, since, you know, doing your nutrition challenge, like I haven't had a drink in 60 days. And it was things like that, that I just, I felt so empowered with, and I knew that that's really what I wanted. But the hard part in a CrossFit gym is that because they're such small businesses, coaches growing careers in them is very hard to find in smaller communities. So coming back to Florida, it was really, really difficult to find a job where I could really make a living. And at the same time, my grandfather felt very sick. Um, I knew his health was getting bad, going, getting, you know, going downhill. Um, you know, and, and, and between losing, you know, moving away from that community, you know, the stress of my grandfather, I just kind of like lost purpose of like, what, what direction did I want to go in my life? And I kind of just numbed myself with, with training for a little while, being honest. I, I just kind of, you know, I lived at, at my aunt's house and, and just trained and, and was trying to figure things out. And, and I, I kept trying to find the gym that was going to be the fit for me and, you know, bounced around a little bit. And what I think I found, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about my grandfather, but what, what I think I found about looking for the gym that would be the fit for me, I recognized then or now that there wasn't ever going to be a gym that fit for me because my, my, my needs were to be able to do things the way I wanted to do them. 
And I know that sounds really selfish and it's not that other people don't have a strategy that works for them. It's just that I had something that I wanted to give my way. I wanted to deliver something, my method. And I didn't want to live by other people's methods. That was more important to me. And I think it created a lot of clashes because I couldn't, I couldn't voice myself because I was still the employee. And so, but it was scary to, to tell myself, well, maybe you should just work for yourself. So I kept trying to make it work. And, and, you know, it, it was, it was, it took me a long time to finally get confident, you know, and there's a lot of intricacies that I kind of want to break down a little bit in, in doing that and, and kind of bringing me into where I'm at now, which is, you know, when I left CrossFit New England, um, coming back home, um, I had lost quite a bit of weight when I was up at CrossFit New England and coming back home with the stressors, all of these things. Um, you know, I was kind of looking for somebody to help me dial in my nutrition. And one of my fellow uh, CrossFit Games athletes, Carlene Matthews, if you follow her on Instagram, she just had a baby. Um, she had mentioned to me this guy, Jason Phillips. No idea who he was. I looked him up, come to find out he was actually from my neck of the woods. He was from Jupiter, but he didn't live in Jupiter anymore. Um, so I contacted him about nutrition coaching because I was still competing and I, you know, wanted to make sure I was, you know, taking all the 1% and doing all of that stuff. And so reached out to him for nutrition coaching and about three or four months later, I decided to kind of get involved with NCI, which was his nutrition coaching institute. So it was cool because I was already coaching people nutritionally um, at the gyms that I was working at and running challenges and stuff like that. But it kind of like reaffirmed that there was something that I could do that wasn't just working for another gym, that there was something that I was passionate about that I needed to share. And, and so as I, as I dove into the NCI, as I, as I started taking on more one-on-one clients in the gym, you know, I started to also grow outside of the gym. People started to get word of like Cheryl being a nutrition coach and this and that. And I realized that that's really where my avenue was going to be. So I started to kind of segue from just being Cheryl, the CrossFit coach who does nutrition coaching too, to Cheryl, the nutrition coach who also provides training programs and stuff like that for people that don't go to a traditional gym and still works in a CrossFit gym. I was finding the blend between the two. And it was really, 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 really cool for me because for once in my life, I finally saw this, you know, vision coming to fruition. And if I can take you back to my story, when I told you about the girl who was 10, 11, 12 years old, who really wanted to be famous, to be able to share something with the world, she had found a platform to do that, AKA. CrossFit. I had grown a following from being an athlete. <clears throat> I was able to inspire other people. And now I had this platform and education to share and help make other people's lives better. And it's just unbelievably amazing to me that <laughs> you never know how your life is going to work out. And at 35 years old, I don't know what the next 20 years is going to look like. But it's really cool to see how every step I took along the way 
every connection I made has somehow brought me to the place I'm at now. And so where am I now? And it's funny because this episode is 23 minutes in. My last episode was an hour. Um, And maybe I could dive more into CrossFit games and stuff like that, you know, but I know not all of you guys are super hung up on CrossFit. However, if you are, the CrossFit games are this weekend and you should definitely watch them. Um, Is I'm still an athlete. I'm still training. I've branded myself with this podcast as the inner athlete because whether I'm on a competition floor or I'm in my gym, I'm still trying to be the best I can be. So I don't have to compete to be an athlete. If I compete, great. If I qualify for an event, great. But the inner athlete that made me the athlete that I am is now trying to bring value in other people's lives and help them find their inner athlete. So all of the experiences that I've had, all of the connections I've made, all of the all of the mentors that I've had and, and I continue to have and and the, the changes that I continue to make and the, and the struggles that I continue to deal with in life, because they still happen, you know, they've all somehow brought me to you guys and talking on this podcast about all of the things I'm so excited to, to bring. So what do I bring? Well, what the heck am I? Um, I guess, let me figure that out right now. <laughs> Cause I don't even know. All I know is I coach people, you know, call me a nutrition coach, call me a fitness coach, call me a life coach, call me whatever it is. But when I talk to my people on the phone, I say people because they are my community more than just a client, more than just a number is I connect. And I don't just look at macros. I don't just look at thrusters and pull-ups or, you know, bicep curls and tricep extensions. I look at other areas of their life because why a person isn't or is doing something is hands down, usually hung up with beliefs they have about themselves. And I relate to that because I have a lot of beliefs about myself and things that I didn't ever think I was capable of. And to this day, still things I don't think I'm capable of. As I transitioned from being a girl wanting to be small, not even wanting to live anymore, to being an athlete who wanted to belong at the CrossFit Games, to being an athlete at the CrossFit Games, competing at the highest level in the sport, to being a coach, to being a coach who coaches on her own, to being a coach who coaches on her own in her own business. It's always evolving and I'm always growing. And so maybe I could have dived into a little bit more about my CrossFit journey. Maybe I could tell you guys a little bit more about all of these things. But here's a couple of things that I want you to get out of this podcast today. Coaches have coaches. And hands down, I would not be where I'm at today if I didn't meet Ben. If I didn't have him in my life. If I didn't meet Jason and I didn't have him in my life. Two of the most influential people in my adult career right there. I would never have believed in myself enough. I would never have made it this way. 
didn't make, doesn't take away the fact that I did it myself. And the other thing is, is that the beliefs you have about yourself can change if you believe something else is possible. And so as much as I can tell you that every day is sunny, there's days when I wake up and I'm like, I can't do it. I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. It's a freaking belief in my head. And guess what? Maybe I'm not good enough now, but I'm working to be good enough. I'm going to be good enough. I'm going to keep pushing until I'm good enough. But what I have today is my best effort. So hopefully this resonated with some of you guys. I kept it a little bit shorter. I really wanted to record my first episode, but I also didn't want to re-record my first episode. It was just entirely too <laughs> emotional for me. Um, this one was more fun. Guys, CrossFit. So if you don't already follow me on Instagram, please do. Cheryl Nasso. Um, if you like this podcast, if you have anything you want answered on this podcast, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, you know, definitely this weekend, uh, the weekend of the 23rd, October 23rd. So the week after this is being released, you are going to be witness some, you're going to be able to witness some amazing athleticism watching the CrossFit games in several locations or in several ways. And Katrin David's daughter, one of my old CrossFit New England training partners is actually competing as one of the five that qualified in the second uh, round of the CrossFit Games. So hopefully you guys will get to catch some of that. If you have any more questions, anything you want from me, please feel free to shoot me a message and I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening.